Stories out of time and space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? You okay? All I can say is heaven is a place on earth. I'm ready <laughs> to talk San Junipero. Yes, that's it. the end song could not be more um, <laughs> on the nose, but it's a good song, so I'm, I'm going I'm to let it slide. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are working our way through Black Mirror, and we're up to Season 3, Episode 4, San Junipero. Um, when I'm going to quickly, quickly read this bio. When Yorkie and Kelly visit San Junipero, a fun-loving boy- beach town full of surf, sun, sex, their lives are changed forever. Um, and obviously there's a twist at the end of this, because there always is. Um, but Julian, what, what were your first thoughts then on San Junipero? Well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll get back to the fact that, you know, I love this idea and I absolutely want to do this. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of gripes. Uh, you know, I had a very different reading of it this time than in the past. In the past, I thought it was sort of undeniably a good episode, but I was sort of annoyed with a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was sort of, you know, one was that while I like that it's a gay love story, I didn't feel that there was anything specifically gay about it. It doesn't really address the interracial aspect. It really could be, in a lot of ways, a straight love story if you change her, you know, the the white girl's background, um, you know, to just be another Christian condemnation or something. And I sort of felt like I wanted it to be gayed up, you know, and a little more in your face. And, you know, I felt that it kind of like pulled its punches. And, And now that doesn't bother me. And now I sort of feel like, no, it's sort of masterfully done from start to finish, you know, um, you know, it drags a little bit here and there, but you know, um, it's, it's pretty damn good. You know, I mean, little gripes aside and, you know, there's this one tech gripe aside that Mm. I'm sure we'll agree on, but, um, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, no, it's fine. It's a, it's a good episode. Um, I think, you know, it's one of those, I like the fact that, Aside from the love story, which, as you say, although it's it's you know it's a it's a gay uh, interracial relationship, or whatever, is is never. I think the idea of it to be it's by the point of this thing, it's been normalised, so it's sort of like it's not an issue, which I I actually kind of like. Now I watch it that I'm like, yeah, I think if they'd have made more of it, it would have highlighted that you know, oh, we've got a way to go. This sort of says, no, no, look, by the future, but is that that? that Gene Roddenberry factor, like, no, by the future, this is all ironed out and is a bit of a non issue. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with all that. Um, I like the fact that it kept me guessing. Like, I'm watching the start of this, and I was like, because I, I, I've gone in cold to every single one of these new ones, and like, so I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't read the bios, I haven't read the thing, and I'm just going in and watching them. 
And for the first like 15, 20 minutes, I am like, I, I, what is this? Like, I don't know what the story, you know, like what's happening. So the first one, when they meet in the eighties and it says one week later, and it's still in the eighties and stuff, but there's this sort of transition and she, they, they have these interactions where she's talking to the guy and he says about them being dead people. And the first one, like, oh, they're time travelers. Mm-hmm. And this is like them traveling to the past. And he sees them as dead because they're from a different era. And then she starts to sort of follow her and she doesn't age, but she's tracking her through the different ages. And I love the represent the re-representation of like 1996 and then 2002. And stuff <laughs> like, I thought that was very cool. And I'm still going like, oh, wow, what is, is this? Must-? And then, then I'm like, oh, this is like some VR kind of thing. This is them in a false reality. But I don't know how it's working or why. And that sort of then as the story plays out, I think the information is um I think the information is given in a really with the pacing of this, it does drag a little in tight and places. I, I know what you're saying. But I actually think the dropping of the information and the pacing around that is really good. Like so when you get the reveal, it feels like a nice, solid reveal. That I'm like, oh, okay, like you know, I've managed to guess some of it, but not enough, and all this other stuff. Like, and it, and it and it doesn't feel like a bit of a, like you know, a complete 180 kind of reveal to shock you. It's an it's a well paced reveal. So no, I this is the structuring of this one is much better than some of the other previous uh, episodes in that sense. So from a storytelling point of view, I think it's very well structured. I think it's well done. Yeah, and I think what you're highlighting is sort of what Black Mirror can do, do really well, which is sort of plunge mm. you into something without explaining it, but give you enough information that you sort of like clue in. And then one of the benefits of that in your telling is that there, by the time you get to the reveal, it doesn't need to be like, aha, everything yeah. you know is wrong. It's like, oh, that makes sense of all that stuff that I've seen. Exactly. You know? It's not like and a massive rug. Yeah. It's not like a rug pull yeah. where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you thought this and it's something else. It's now <laughs> more of a everything you've been watching has been building to this. And actually, you can go back and, and um, you know, we said this about playtest. Like, this is where I'm like, this is what playtest should have been, where like everything should have been in place for you to build up. Mm. So when the final reveal comes, you can go back and go, oh, all that fits together. Like, this does that much much better um and so yeah no i appreciate it on that level definitely um much better very much well uh more well structured um what were, what you, you said about the dragging though the pace what was what was the parts that sort of you feel where it does sort of slow down or, or drags a little i think especially at the beginning mm-hmm. um you know because as far as you know it, it's just you know people in a bar and there are just shots of that that, you know, go on seconds longer than they need to. And the next shot goes on seconds longer than it needs to. And um, and and I and I do sort of feel this kind of consistently now with Black Mirror that um, it would really I mean, this episode, I could actually add some stuff. Um, but I do think that what's there could be cut by a couple minutes, mm. um, you know, and it would just flow a bit better. Um I think I think especially early on the the way in which um, the two women are depicted seems so sort of stereotypical and over the top. Like um, you know, Yorkie, uh, played by Mackenzie Davis, is sort of so mousy, yeah. and you know, but especially Kelly is um, you know such a sort of like stereotypical sassy black girl. Um, and 
that isn't really necessary for her to be, you know, as for her to kind of be fun loving and then come around. And I think, I think in her first few shots, her first few scenes, she comes across as a bit of a stereotype and then gives way to being a, a, a full human. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because there is something about some of this opening bit. And I was curious about, because it's set in 1987, that, that first section. And there is an element to me in all of these. And I think it's sort of like now that they've got the budget, there's a little bit more lingering on some of the stuff that they've done to go like, wow, this looks cool. Mm. And some of it I'm fine with, like when they have the bar, they're like, and especially as I said, I like the transitions of like 87, 96, 2002. Like I think I, there's a couple of bits from like, like you said, they're lingering, but I'm like, yeah, fair play. Like you've made this look pretty cool. I'm going to, I'm going to give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some. I like the video games. I remember yes. all those video games. Like, yeah. oh, that's Dance Dance Revolution. That's Time Crisis. That's, yeah, Time you know, Crisis. I saw Time Crisis. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Bubble Bubble is yeah. Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the thing I was curious about is the thing I I felt it being a little bit weird is the dress up montage. Um, mm-hmm. and it felt very much like I was like, okay, is this supposed to feel like? pretty in pink like you know one of those or 16 candles one of those sorts of types of films where it's like oh the mousy girls now you're now going to find out she's she's beautiful and she's like you know stunning looking or whatever you know i mean that sort of trope although you know mackenzie grace um you know is she's a very attractive woman but like in this one she goes with those different 80s looks you know sort of like the different styles mm-hmm. and at that point i was like this feels like almost like a teen romantic rom-com or drama or whatever and i was a bit like that felt a bit played out where i was like um yeah that was the one point where i was a bit like all right i get i get i get what you're doing i get what the point is can we can we crack on but beyond that i think i think the pacing worked pretty well um what are your thoughts on on the characters because i have got some there are some bits about their actions that I, I sort of that feels disconnected when we do get the reveal though i like the reveal i have some niggles about the reveal as well okay why don't you jump into that so and they are niggles when it's more again sort of sorry so i like the fact so there's you know spoilers because we've spoiled everything that's the whole point of this so it's revealed that <laughs> um uh san junipero is is VR, isn't it? It's it's it's, an, it's a matrix. Let's call it the Matrix. It's basically like a it's like mm-hmm. a a matrix type environment where you can be plugged into and you can be represented by like an earlier form of yourself. And there is a phrase in this that I think is absolutely awesome, and it's a great phrasing. And they say that it's uh, nostalgia based therapy that they use for um, Alzheimer's or and that sort of thing, and I love this idea of going. Look, we know we're going to plug you into your old memories to try and trigger something and that. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Like, I like this idea. But again, this is one of those things that Black Mirror keeps doing. Where they're like, oh, that's. I'm like, that's a. Can we see that? Are you going to show me that? No, you're not going to show me that. Oh, that's a shame because that's a really cool idea. But I like the fact they've got this technology. I'm fine, sort of, with this idea of the technology. I'm going to give it that um, gobbins. The problem I have is that the characters, when they are in San Junipero, act emotionally like yeah. mid 20 year olds. And then yeah. you find out that they're both in their sort of like their 70s and have experienced a long life. And I'm like, 
this feels these now I know this and I'm seeing these two characters in these two different time frames or these different settings. They it feels whilst I like the, the idea, it feels disconnected. It almost feels like two parallel stories where, oh, it's a young these two women have found each other whilst they're in their twenties, not whilst they're mm-hmm. in their seventies. Um, and that's the only thing I would say that sort of like not bothered me, but was a niggle about the the ending of the of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. And for me, that sort of plays into the way in which I sort of see them as stereotypes at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I get that somebody who is gay and has basically been in a coma and has not experienced, you know, as a virgin mm. um, would be shy. Right. Uh, and But that's also so part of that 20s experience. I mean, she's been in San Junipero at least five hours a week. Mm. for some time now yeah um you know and but certainly Callie should be a little more wise underneath and and i don't have a problem if she's there to escape and she especially in anticipation of her death that she would play a little young act a little casual be a little you know sassy or sort of like uh put people in their place about what her expectations are about sex and intimacy it's it's the sort of overtly sort of caricature sassy uh yes. you know sort of stereotype that i find out of line with with what somebody who's you know i just you know and there's a different kind of sassiness that old people can have that i really love uh mm-hmm. you know but it's a kind of sassiness that comes from like I, you know, look, I've looked out that, for other people thing. my whole life, right? Yeah. I don't have time to fucking give a shit what this orderly thinks of me, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, bring me this too, you know? Thank you, honey, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not in the business of getting everyone to like you anymore, you know? Mm. You've done that. Um, and I really like, actually, when people let go of that. Um, sometimes it can be amazing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, I agree with that. And, and I think that it feels as if somehow the script or those actors don't fully know or haven't fully committed. And I can see maybe Brooker, you know, or, or people involved justifying it as like, well, they feel young again. Right. Um, but you're right. It still doesn't quite work. And there are moments where the acting feels just a little off. Yeah. You know? Disjointed between the two, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, is a little, yeah, it, yeah, it just it just puts pulls me out a little bit uh, towards the end. Um, but again, it's it's like when when we get that that reaction, like so when um, Kelly gives the 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 uh, justification, I think you know, let's call it that, um, of um, and Mackenzie Davis, I can't call her Mackenzie Grace, Mackenzie Davis who plays Yorkie. She's they're having this conversation, and and Yorkie saying like, "Stay with me," like you know, well, and she says, and Yorkie saying about her husband saying, "Well, he chose to die and move on and leave you behind." Mm. Like that's selfish. And then she gives this, you know, and, and Kelly gets angry about saying, "Well, you know, you you don't know." Like we lost a daughter, and you know, he basically couldn't stay in San Junipero knowing that she's not here and that she didn't get this opportunity and all this other stuff. And like that, that dialogue felt a little off to me because, again, it like it felt angry and frustrated. But then I'm like, this woman is is seventy five. There should there there should almost be a bit more of a um, wisdom. You said wisdom about it. 
Do you know what I mean? Sort of like you know, it, it's a or patience, or, oh, pa- you know, yeah, patience yeah. or something to say like that. You you don't know. You haven't been able to experience it, but let me tell you why. Let me try and make you understand. Um. So and this, so there's like little bits like that, that 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 sort of like I was like, okay, this this as you said, the, the actors feel like they're committing to two different roles, but um, I see what you're saying. Terrible. I was willing to give that speech pass. Um, mm. I, I do feel some of the same thing that you're saying, but I also felt that I could justify it because Kelly knows she's dying. You know, yep. she's yeah, probably yeah. felt some of these same pulls to sort of like, well, I love this person, but I've already decided to die and let that be that. Yeah. Um, you know, she's being represented by an avatar who, you know, we don't really know exactly how this works, you know, like is the, is this, I mean, it does seem like, for one thing, their speech is sped up to speak like a 20-year-old would, right? You know, yes. 80-year-olds generally don't speak with the same rhythms. No. Um, but so you kind of have to ignore some of that. Um, but, you know, I know what you're saying. I thought that an, another aspect of that speech was one of the things that bothered me, but also I sort of un- enjoyed, is the way in which that speech is sort of a is sort of colored by her race in a way mm. that, um, you know, it's somebody who has been the, it's a, it's a black woman who has been there for mm. a white woman and mm. has taken it upon herself to, you know, sort of play savior, you know, and really help out this white woman who needed help, especially to get married and, you know, um, have somebody make that decision and also have somebody walk her through sex and love, you know, in, in some ways, and feels that her needs were never asked about, and that her interior space was never as important. And I do feel that that's colored by race in a way. And so I read it as a little bit of a... Um, Frustration. All right. Well, yeah, as, as a little bit of like, yes, we share something, but you as a white person haven't seen fit to inquire about these things about me in the same way that I have seen fit to but be you. there for you. Yeah. Um, so, so that was interesting to me, even if I do know what you mean. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to ask you a question, because this is, you know, I've watched a number of rom-coms. They're not sort of like my genre, but I've seen them and, you know, it's on romance films and Alex is, 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 you know, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, I've watched things with her and stuff. One of the things I'm always, I always try to ask myself is, does the coupling feel authentic? Like, does that, does them falling in love at the end, does the, you know, does that one person running through the rain to get to the airport at the end feel like, you know, it's earned or whatever? Like, some do, some don't, you know, some go through the motions, others feel sort of a bit more earned. The question I have with this one, does this relationship, does the end relationship feel authentic? And by that, I'm what what I'm looking at from my point of view. I'm looking at it and going, yeah. From from Yorkie, I can see why she's attracted to Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like Kelly is, a, you know, she's a beautiful woman. She's got, she's full of energy. She's full of life. She's got, you know, she's she's just this sort of shining star in this sort of like San Junipero um, of things. So I'm I'm there going, yeah, I, I get that. I can completely understand why Yorkie is attracted to Kelly. Like you know, why? Would you know? And this is not to downplay like Mackenzie Davis because obviously she's used it. She's made more and mousy. They, you know, they make sort of. What is the attraction? What is it? What is it that makes it reciprocal? 
And the one thing is I never fully get an understanding of that in either the VR world or the real world. Like I feel there's this representation because when York is like, I don't want you to see me. You'll never, you you know, you'd hate me or you'd never, you know, da, da, da. Is it sympathy? Is it, is it something else? I don't know. It never feels like romantic love. Does that, or, or am I wrong? I don't know. That's how I feel. No, I think, I think you're right. I, I think that, um, I think that Kelly sort of just falls in love and you're supposed to buy that she's just kind of taken with this person, but she doesn't, because she's kind of resistant to it. I mean, there are these statements about how I wasn't looking for this, you know, this is not what I wanted. Um, and you're left to feel that she sort of has feelings, but she doesn't really, she never really articulates why. Yes. Um, and, and you're right about that. And and I think that, you know, again, not to not to play the woke guy or something, but I mean, again, it's sort of there's a racial element to this in which sort of the the white character needs saving and needs mm-hmm. understanding. And um, I do sort of find myself wondering, uh, you know, and we can certainly explore this later, but there's this, you know, wonder that I have. of All right. Well, this is great. And I and I moved to tears at a couple places in this episode this time through. Um, you know, I certainly felt emotion and, and it worked for me. But I do sort of wonder, yeah, this isn't gonna last another fifty years. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, no. Yeah. yeah. That's that's And that's it, okay. No, but... Yeah. This is where and, and it's funny you say that, right? I wanna so I sent you a list, um because I, I look sometimes look I'm looking at lists at the moment like you know people's interpretation of like the best because obviously you know whilst we're mm. filming this season six has li- recently been released on uh, Netflix we're a little bit ahead um, but there's people obviously now going like you know listing out the best episodes and da 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 and th- there was a list that said the the best and en- happy endings in mm. Black Mirror and there are a few of them there aren't many but mm-hmm. you know. And someone that someone put the, the the list had this as the the top happy ending in um in in Black Mirror, and this is where I think my cynicism comes in because I'm going okay, <laughs> that's fine. I'm also thinking of the phrase which I, th- I can't remember who said it, but was it um, "Hell is eternity in a room with your friends"? Mm. And I'm mm. thinking like, yeah. Sartre, maybe sort of maybe no I think I think it's other people right? hell is other people but that yeah. kind of thing I think it is that sort of like Sartre but this is where I'm thinking like you're putting that you're pinning this as a as you know this romantic fairy tale ending and then it's revealed you know but we know why they're in we know they're now in this sort of bank of computers which will get to the technology mm-hmm. this is not this because there's no escape now. Like, you know, I, I well, don't know how this, do you get to opt out and go, right, well, I'm done now. Un- unplug me, please. Take me out. No, that is implied, right? I yeah. mean, uh, we're told that you can kind of stop and basically commit suicide mm. uh, at any point if you're one of the dead ones, right? And, you know, and so, you know, okay, eventually that's going to happen, right? Mm. Eventually you're going to get your sort of the good place yes. uh, ending. And that came we're going to spoil well. the good place, you know. Where it's like, yeah, I'm kind of done with living forever. Um, but but of course, we also see the sort of like S&M club like. Uh, I wanted to talk where, about that. I really, I really dig that. that. Um, but 
where it's sort of implied people who have been there after a while just want to feel something, you know, like they're not content to go to the video arcade and, you know, have a have a scotch and, and drink or something. Mm. Um, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I sort of think that part of my feeling is that there's this question of sort of why Kelly agrees to, you know, join, right? When mm. she dies, changes her mind in between scenes. And I think that you're supposed to think, or you're sort of invited to think, that she really loves the other character and wants to, you know, how, I mean, there's this great feeling, and I think it works fantastically, of sort of like a second chance to get it right. Mm. You know, the way that this can offer a second chance to these two women who have lived these repressed lives of women in those eras, especially being gay or bi women. And that's very moving. But I sort of feel like it's totally possible that Kelly just says, why am I holding on? I mean, the whole point is getting over the past, right? Yes. Whether it's, you know, moving I, on. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, and so, yes, I don't have to be constrained by what happened to my daughter, my daughter's death, by my marriage by his death, uh, my ex-husband's death. I can say I've honored all of that, but I'm now going to have this other chapter and I'm not going to close the door on that before it really begins. Mm. That is not the same thing as I'm going to be in love with you forever, right? Yes, exactly. And her decision is not really to be there forever in, in that, you know, they're not getting married, you know? Um, you simply decide, I would like not to die. So I think that, um, you know, yeah. it, it is a trick of cinema and a trick of, I mean, plays before that, novels before that, of sort of what do you show and what do you don't and where do you stop the story? Yes. So you're right, it's a happy ending. But the only reason it's a happy ending is you're suddenly shown a scene of Kelly has, has shown up and they jump into a convertible together and right away. Exactly. And that's literally why it's a happy ending. You could cut that scene and it's just not there. Mm. And of course, that implies to us, oh, now they're, we have this sick idea of sort of like, now they're a unified whole containing <laughs> two hearts and they will be together forever and never fight again and happily ever after. And of course, we know, you know, you're fucking immortal. Is it not going to be sunshine and roses every day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and we'll talk about the immortality, but yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's, it is, it's a little bit, um, you know, like you say, like you say, it's only where they stop the story, you know, in, in, I, I wonder if like in true Charlie Brooker form, there was a thing where it came up and says one week later and, you know, one of them is, is sat in tears and the other one's gone. I don't know. Like, you know, one year later, maybe or something, um, would have been quite interesting. Um, I want to. I want to. I want to come back round to that the 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 other nightclub, the the rock heavy metal kind of place. Um, and to me, it felt Hellraiser esque. Um, mm. it exists in the nineteen. Well, I'm assuming it exists in all of them, but there's a 1987 version, which is where she goes to first. And there's this idea, and you see these people, and they're all sort of wearing unusual things, and there's an S and M element, and there's some pieces, and I um. There is this thing of like the there's clear lives that have lived there, 
And over time, there's an element of boredom of like, I've done this stuff, I've done that, we've been to the, the arcade, I want something different. And, I, you know, God knows what else is going on in that club. And I'd, But I would love to have seen that where she pokes her head in and they were like, like you say, full-on Hellraiser-esque things, like, you know, people hanging from chains, sort of like, you know, the strips of flesh being cut from the bodies and sort of like, you know, sort of like we have so many sides to show you kind of thing. <laughs> like, it just felt like, again, like you said, because it's immortality, I was like, yeah, this sort of feels inevitable. You know, where like a small town where you get up, you know, stay on the beach, go to the club, see the sunset. After a little while, you're like, I need something different. Like, can I go somewhere else? Can I go to Paris? Can I go to New York? Can I go mm. to, you know, climb the mountains of Tibet? Like, you know, the, the, is there anything else I can do other than this small, so, you know, Southern Californian town sort of thing? So that, that I love the idea that actually, yeah, there are people there that have gone like, I'm bored, let's try something else. Um, was kind of interesting. Well, you're right. I, and I think that's part of why I felt in my first viewing that it sort of pulls this punches. Mm. Um, and that that's kind of, that club is sort of a super sanitized version of like, people get up to some crazy things. Here's, a, you know, a rubber man or something, you know, like, wink, wink. We all know what's going on here. People are in cages fighting. Um it does seem very sanitized. And keep in mind, they can turn down their pain meter. Yes. You know, this is referred to. So, yeah, I mean, they'd be shooting each other. You know, there'd be, you know, um, people deliberately turning that pain meter up, you know, to enjoy yeah. sadism and masochism. Um, but the other thing I have to, to mention along these lines of sort of like how this would happen is, so I am... You know, uh, as I've confessed a few times, you know, a huge Grand Theft Auto fan, mm. um, you know, and, uh, you know, my favorite is, uh, you know, or, or the one that really brought me in and, and is a very happy memory to me is um, um, Vice City, mm. which mm. is set in Florida, but it's also 80s and kind of, you know, these these bright colors and all of this. And I could totally imagine my afterlife is just I'm hanging out on a at a pink hotel in, you know, Miami, yeah. uh, just on the beach, you know, going through. But the cool thing about Vice City is you can also murder cops and drive them around in tanks and rob rob yeah. stores and, you know, engage in prostitution. And 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 I mean, if this were real, um, it would it might look closer to sort of like free guy where there are helicopters crashing into buildings and shit and nobody's doing that um yeah, it's, really, it's, it's very tame busy. isn't it like everyone's just like party yeah. not like yeah it's not like purge night where everyone's just sort of gone nuts and sort of like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah nobody's out there like well it doesn't matter i'm gonna go murdering people you know they're already um, dead and they can't die yay right Oh, you know, uh, we're bored. Let's bury each other alive. You know, yeah. okay. see how that works. Um, no, and and I think that stuff would happen. And and then you have the flip side, which is, it seems to me at some point, like that club is represented as kind of like the end point for people who get bored and you know mm. sort of need stimulation. But I also always find myself thinking in these scenarios, 
um, yeah, at some point I'd get bored with that and I'd be like, yeah, you know, what did I do all day? Oh, yeah, now I've got all the time in the world to go to the beach, but to write, to read those books, mm. to watch those movies, to, you know, just get a bungalow on the shore, you know, like Kelly seems to have, and just, you know, veg out and, and you know, explore stuff. Think about all the all the novels I could get done with, you know, infinite ears to, to write them. Um, you know, that would be amazing. And it doesn't, I don't think it really wants to explore the sort of VR afterlife stuff as VR. And and this is sort of one of the limitations of Black Mirror that each episode kind of has these ideas and plays with these ideas, but yeah. it always plays with them in the in the sandbox of the story it's talking about. Yeah. And the wider implications of that idea kind of aren't as important. No, and it's, it's, the scope is kept relative. I think that's going to be one of my, as we go through all this, when we come back, I think my big thing is going to be the scope is always kept kind of small. Um. I want to get to the technology because of what you've just said there, actually. So the idea is they now sit in this VR afterlife and they are a plug-in in this big server and it's shown like, you know, you, they see them as like a thing being plugged in and it, it pans out and there's these banks and banks of all these um, things that have been plugged into a wall, each one representing a person. Cool. Great idea. So first that we said, you know, at, th at this point in time, we cannot upload or digitize a person's consciousness. Not possible right now. That's fine. This is science fiction. I'm willing to accept that. One of the things that kind of bothers me about this technology, the human brain can create new things. Like we'll have new synapses created less as you get older. That's just the way things are. But new experiences create new memories, new synapses fire, and all this other stuff, right? So you're saying about writing your book. Yeah. So, but you can then go work, you can go for a walk or you can do something else or you can, you know, you can link it to something else and you'll create an idea. You go, oh, well, all right, you can go in this direction. I can do that with a character or, you know, this is the, the new idea that I've had. But that has come because your brain has started to sort of like merge ideas together. Like that's the human brain synapses making these things. And you're learning as you go, like, you know, you're going on a journey. Is this technology then a learning technology or is it a static version of that person in that moment? Or am I, um, you know, talking nonsense? No, I, I, I think I think this is an important question. But what I would say about it is that it's a subsidiary of a more key point, which I know that you understand and, and which is implied by your question, which is that this and which the episode elides, mm. which is to say that the versions of them at the end are not them. Mm. So in other words, in this episode, when they have the five hours a week uh, of simulation, right, they have these little discs at their temples and they, you know, they sort of light up and they are then injected into this VR world in which they're playing an avatar like they would in a video game, right? Yep. Then they can choose to remain there when they die. Okay. Yes. This is a problem because these are not the same two technologies, right? Yeah. So problem is, yeah, sure, we can inject you when you die, 
we also have to have a complete representation of your personality to replace the biological you containing your biological brain when it dies. And while we can imagine sort of, you know, we have versions of this now that aren't this extreme and, mm. and complex, but we have versions of virtual reality now. You also have to have, as you're implying, a brain scan to then inject into the program. At no point is it ever even revealed that they have taken brain scans of these of these elderly characters uh, or that that is necessary to the VR process. So, in fact, if you did have a brain scan, it would be very easy for you as part of your therapy to meet a copy of yourself that was a, a separate copy of yourself running on one of the circular things injected into the server. And you could have therapy with yourself. Um, so that, so in other words, this immortality, this whole idea of an afterlife that is clearly what Brooker wants to explore in part is not an afterlife at all. It is a copy. It's like the transporter in Star Trek, yes. right? It, it technically is making a copy. You know, it's a prestige and you're destroying the original. Um, you know, the original has died. We are just spoiling, a... we're spoiling other stories left, right, and center yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> the good place, the prestige, let's yeah. just, you know, uh, Darth Vader is in fact Luke's father. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, so, yeah, so the, the person's dead. Yeah. There's now this digital copy. So, so. That undermines the idea that this is just a happy story about the afterlife. In fact, at the end, when it, when those characters die, it is now an AI representation of yes. themselves. Now, we've seen in past episodes, AI representations of people be created uh, based on, like, the social media accounts or whatever that are right perfect. Back. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is exactly – this is – a better version that's mm -hmm. kind of supposed to be them and it kind of elides that difference mm -hmm. um so your question is like does that copy of them that's really the ai copy um is it good enough to really make decisions you know and i think it depends on their version of how that copying works mm. um and I, I could imagine like obviously it'd be right back it's a very superficial copy right it's yes. a sort of you know representation of them but it's not really them here you're supposed to believe and you're given every indication that it is essentially a per more perfect copy of them um and for that elision to work it has to be a basically more perfect or exact copy of them which would entail something like scanning their biological brain, understanding all of its processes and running those processes in a in a fake biological system, right, within mm. a computer that then is controlling the avatar as if the biological brain simulation were controlling it, right? That's and in that case, I can kind of imagine, yes, if it really is an adequate representation, it would be capable of new decisions and evolving and things like this. But we don't know that because this show isn't interested in doing that because yeah. it wants you to feel like it's really the same person getting an afterlife and a second chance. Yeah. And that comes out to the story top. I know what you're saying, but it, it feels it's one of those things that the more I thought about when it, especially when I see them plugged in and that's the thing I was like, yeah, it does come up to the thing. I was like, that's not them then. 
like this isn't a biological thing. This is a copy, like a, a snapshot, like a, you know, like a download of them. Um, it's yeah, it was just, it's, you know, I think this is a, this is a, a good episode. You know, I wouldn't say a great episode. I think it's a good episode. Um, and I like these elements, but like, yeah, I think this is where I'm sort of coming to this thing of, of, um, and I think this is a, this is a, a, a an issue of a lot of you know sort of science fiction in these cases where I'm saying yeah it's cool, but like I say I, I want to see the wider implications of some of this. Or I want to see sort of like you know this this you know not I don't want to see the schematics of how the technology works, but I, I want it to sort of like give me a little bit more of of, of this thing. But this episode is definitely better than you know I feel I feel more. I'm more happy to accept certain things from this episode because of the pacing and the way the story is told and the reveal at the end than say, be right back where I was like, logistically, there are certain things in this episode that just wind me up. I can't get past certain things. This feels like a, a better told story. Um, and I'm more invested in the story. So I, I'm willing to let them go, but I'm watching it with a critical eye. So I'm picking up on them. But if this was like, I don't say passive viewing, but like you know, less critical and more engaged viewing. I think I'd be, I'd be, you know, more happy to go. Oh yeah, like you say, it's a just two, like you say, two young women, young young women being given a second chance at, at love and life. Um, so yeah. Well, I mean, I think that in terms of comparison, in comparison with other Black Mirror episodes, one thing that stands out about this one is that it has heart. Yes. It cares about those characters. And, you know, the direction clearly uh, is there. Um, you know, so Owen Harris directed it, uh, not Brooker. And, mm. and uh, you know, you really get a sense that he wants it to work out. He wants to sell that love story. And I think that works. And so I think because that works, we're able to overlook certain things. Um, in Be Right Back it is a kind of love story. You know, it is sort of a version of her, but as with her, you know, I don't really buy it in, in the way I buy it here. No. Yeah. Well, actually I'm just looking, he actually did direct be right back. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, point but... withdrawn, obviously it works here for me and, and it doesn't really work there, but yeah. there, I think we're supposed to be kind of creeped out. Right. I mean, yes. he's, a, he's a bad replacement. For the dead husband. Well, I wonder Here, then, is, is, do they play then as the opposite of the the you know the two sides of a coin then in that respect? You know, could you watch Be Right Back and San Junipero and see them as sort of like you know as a a pairing to be watched about different ways of dealing with grief in the afterlife? Yeah, I think possibly, but I I think that's slightly complicated by the fact that we have to understand that this is an AI copy of the person yes. and not the original. Yeah. Um, which I don't think this episode wants you to know, right? Yeah. This episode knows that, but it doesn't want to ever highlight that. Um, and I think that one of my frustrations, in addition to how it feels toned down, especially in the club and, and doesn't really imagine VR in the way that, you know, certainly I would use it, um, is that it's, you know, like, for example, are there NPCs? Is, you know, is is that uh, barman an NPC? I we did, know that Greg yes. isn't. 
Yeah, I did ask about this. I didn't ask, so I was thinking about this because there are characters, like you said, where when they, um, um, the character of the young man who's I'm going to sort of um, Wes, the the guy that sort of like is you know is bothering and stuff, uh, bothering Kelly, you know, um, they're having a conversation and she's like, look, look at all these other people, and he's like, oh, they're just just dead people or whatever, which is when I was wondering about being a time travel thing. It, when I found out the end, I did think the same. I was like, huh, are there characters in that that sort of allow this to function then? Like, if, you know, like you say, the barman and, um, you know, if there's like taxi drivers or doorman for a club, like there's no way you get to your afterlife and they're like, yeah, would you like to be a doorman on a club? Like that's your afterlife <laughs> or be a virtual afterlife? No, like, yeah, they, I, I did wonder, like, are there... NPCs in this that sort of like you know can interact with and you can do things with, but they are not the they were not generated from the personality of a, of a of a, a living previously living or organic person. In which case, you know how different are they? Like, what's their limitations? Like, you know, can they come up with? Could they? Could you have a conversation with them and they be sort of able to keep up or whatever? Like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to sort of think about that, right? Or if you're in the SM club, are you killing them, you know, and not feeling anything about it? And mm. does that delve you to then inflicting pain on the people who are supposed to quote unquote real people? Mm. Um, or do you then say, well, those aren't really real people. They're AI ghosts of real people. So it doesn't matter anyway. Um, you know, these are more complex questions. But the episode, again, doesn't really care about that. It's not concerned with that. And I think, going back to the ending, I think this is a very good episode. Um, mm. I think, I think, I always thought it was a very good episode. I think that it's closer to great in my mind, you know, upon reviewing. Um, but I think that that ending still bothers me. And the slow pace of the episode relatively speaking you know it takes its time with that relationship with that early stuff it isn't afraid to take time with them as old people very minor aside the makeup could be better there um but uh it, it's always a problem when you have 20 year olds trying to look like 80, that's not her you know? by the way that's not her. no no they have an, oh. an older woman now she's not old old but they want well, to know is uh, Kelly the, replaced? Yeah, it's a woman. I mean, called, they have an older woman for Yorkie, but yeah, uh, who's not credited because she doesn't do much. Uh, Denise Burse, who was born nineteen fifty-two, plays old Kelly. Right. Well, I guess black don't crack because you know her face looks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks in better I'm shape not, than mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at her on IMDb, and I'm going like not eight nineteen fifty-two. I'm like, damn, you look. You know, yeah, she looks good for age. So. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's little niggles, as you say, towards the end. But it's a good episode. It's it's a solid episode where I'm like, yeah, it's a positive episode. Especially coming off the last one. <laughs> yes. And I think in general, coming off the first three of the season, you know, they yeah, sort yeah. of start with some of the weakest stuff. Um, but, you know, the way that Brooker... I like the mid-credit scenes, right? Mm. I like mm-hmm. the use of mid-credit scenes. I really don't like inserting the directed by and the sort of end title starting before the story's over. So, and this has happened with a few episodes where the story's not done. 
and you get the directed by, you get the written by, and those are done as the story concludes. And then what really is the mid credit scene? Oh, they're in the server farm. That would work fine as a mid credit scene with some separation. It's just continued directly. And that yeah. is a very minor quibble. Um, you know, and of course, you could have a real mid credit scene where it's like 30 years later, the power goes out, you know? <laughs> Well, that's, and, yeah, and I have that. I have that as well. Like you know, you said about immortality, and I'm like, yeah, only as long as someone doesn't turn off the power. Like you know, that's uh, and that you know, that's another story. I mean, you know, that's a sort of a Twilight Zone. You play this where you're in San uh, Junipero, and people start going missing. You know, yeah, uh, and all of a sudden, then people in there are like, you know, there's like, almost like a mystery being played out. And then you find out that actually servers are being decommissioned in the real world and people are just being deleted. Um, right, exactly. And and I like that TCRR or whatever, you know, it's like Tucker, the name of the bar. Yeah. But what happens when, when that company declares bankruptcy, as you say, yeah. right? And it's like, we're not honoring our contracts. Um, what happens when there's a solar flare and, mm. you know... Uh, the power goes out and you're like, right, we consider these to be living people. A genocide just happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we said this about, I think, you know, we, we said this a little bit when we talked about um, the ending to, of Westworld, you know, this sort of thing of the, the virtual version when you're like, we were saying like, yeah, but it's not really them. And like, if anything could happen to them, they were like, oh, we're totally free. And you were like, well, they're not because they're so, they're still subjected to the whims of whoever is outside of that world. Um, and it feels the same here. So, um, but you're right. It, it sort of niggles. These are niggles in what I think you like it more than I do. Um, it, I think I feel that it does have heart, but I'm not as taken by that as you know as I think I maybe I should. But it's a good episode. It's a well paced episode. Um, going to bring it to time. A any final thoughts yeah. then for um, San Junipero? Well, we'll see how this uh, improves or doesn't on subsequent reviewings for you. Uh, it's improved for me. Um, I just want to live in Vice City, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I just want to, uh, you know, live on the beach and not grow old. And you That know, could be an option. Uh, we, I mean, we only know that they chose San Junipero, but, like, one server over could be, you know, <laughs> like, Mega City 1. And like you know, where you're like, yeah, you gotta live in this place. Or like, I choose to live there. So, you know, who knows? You know, that's another one where they could choose different versions. Anyway, uh, anything else? Any final thoughts then before we uh, before you? No, you have any final thoughts? No, no, I think we've covered it all. Actually, we've covered everything that's in my head. So anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, um, come and join us in our VR afterlife, where we are all happy and listening to the hits of the eighties. Um, and leave us a review if you like what we're doing. Please leave us a five-star review uh, on your podcast catcher. But if you really like what you're doing and you want more of this kind of conversation where we talk about um, the mainstream and all the films that we've done and we've done the uh, the bonus stuff for the films we did the last season and we're going to do more in the next season. But we also got Trekking Through the Twilight Zone, um, which is more of us talking about similar things, but for the, uh, the original Twilight Zone, Rod Serling's Twilight Zone, go check out our Patreon. Uh, links down below. It's www.patreon.com slash 20cgmedia. Um, but they said there's a link down below. Uh, but other than that, uh, 
thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate everyone listening to this. But come find us, have a chat. It's at Pod Time Space as well. Let us know what you think of these episodes and what you think of Black Mirror overall. Uh, it'd be fascinating to find out. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode.